Right, you are locked on Nittany Lions. Your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Kevin Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. On the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today is Monday, October 19th, 2020, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. And with this being the first Monday of a game week here on the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast, we have a lot of stuff to get into. Of course, we will always take a look back at the previous weekend, take a look at some of the movements that happened on the field in the rankings, and now we know exactly where Penn State will be to start the season as they take on the Indiana Hoosiers out in Bloomington this week. Lots of fun stuff ahead for you every Monday through Friday on the podcast. Now that Penn State season is here, we're going to have ongoing Penn State commentary. So you want to make sure you subscribe to this podcast right now. Hit that subscribe button in whatever podcasting app you're using to listen to our podcast today. And then, of course, at any time, especially after the show, go back and leave a rating and review. Let us know what you thought about the episode and the podcast as a whole. Lots of news and notes to get into. We have the first official zero number being worn by a Penn State player. That's been officially confirmed. We know the, who the team captains will be. We know what the opening line is for Penn State's game at Indiana this week. And, of course, we will also start taking a look at the Indiana Hoosiers and what to expect out of Penn State in the first game of the season. I'm not going to hold you back anymore. We're going to go ahead and dive right into the today's episode. But before we do, make sure you're also connected with us on our social media platforms because there's going to be a lot of stuff happening across those social media networks all this week on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNetany. With all that out of the way, guys, I know it's a mouthful, but let's go ahead and get started. As should have been expected, over the weekend, there was a good amount of news and notes coming out of the Penn State football program heading into the first game prep week for the first game of the season, which is going to be coming up on Saturday, October 24th at 3.30 p.m. out in Bloomington against the Indiana Hoosiers. We're going to get plenty of opportunities to discuss the upcoming game throughout the week. But today we do want to kind of recap some of the news and notes from over the weekend and take a look at some of the stuff that happened on the field around the world of college football because it was pretty important to take note of what was happening out there. But first and foremost, let's stick with Penn State. Now, one of the first headlines that came out regarding the Nittany Lions over the weekend was that Pat Fryermuth, Penn State tight end, was named to the Big Ten players to watch list for the upcoming season. I don't have the full list in front of me, but you kind of know who some of the names are. But the fact that Pat Fryermuth is considered one of the top players in the Big Ten, not really surprising. We've talked about this before. He is arguably the best tight end in the conference, and some will say that he's among the best in the nation. I would tend to agree with that. Is he the best in the nation? I don't know about that just yet. There's a kid down in Florida that's been putting up some really big numbers to start the season for the Gators. So that's pretty tough to compete with, especially after you get a little bit of a slower start to the season than he was having. However, there's no mistaking that Pat Fryermuth is very much a key player for this Penn State offense. We've talked about it, I don't know how many times now on the podcast over the course of the offseason. He is the, the the fact that he's coming back is a big asset for this Penn State offense, which I think is going to be pretty good this year. We've talked I don't know how many times now about the question mark at the wide receiver position, how there could be some potential there, but you're just waiting to see if there are any legitimate answers there. Well, the one thing that you know is a legitimate answer is you've got a tight end. You've got a big tight end target that you can rely on. If you're Sean Clifford, you should feel comfortable with. Uh, the, the only question is how much do the defenses play against him, kind of take away some of those opportunities, especially if they don't feel like they have to worry too much about the wide receiver position. That's why the wide receiver stepping up would be huge for Penn State this upcoming season. 
but we don't need to rehash that conversation all you want. We can go back to last week's episode in our five questions about the 2020 season. And I forget which day we posted that, but one of those questions was the about the wide receiver position and how instrumental that'll be to seeing Penn State make any kind of movement towards uh, pushing for a Big Ten championship or, of course, maybe even something larger than that. Regardless, if Penn State's going to have a successful season, odds are very likely that Pat Fryermuth is going to play a key part in whatever offensive success that the Nittany Lions have. And that is why he's also among the team captains that were announced by James Franklin over the weekend. He is one of six team captains for the upcoming season. The other team captains will be Michael Mennett, Shaka Tony, Lamont Wade, Sean Clifford, Jonathan Sutherland, who we're going to get back to in just a moment, and Jesse Lakita and Jordan Stout. All named team captains for the upcoming season. I said six players. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players, actually. So my bad on that initial count. But uh, regardless, uh, no real surprises there. I feel like those are all names that would have been in the running to be a team captain. Uh, three of them are actually going to be a captain for a second straight season. Uh, I'm sorry, four of them. <laughs> I'm bad with my numbers today. Uh, Clifford, Firemuth, Mennett, and Sutherland were all team captains last year. So this is their second straight season. And I, I don't get too carried away with the captains, but the fact is these are players that are well-respected in the locker room, within the program, on both sides of the football. And the fact that you've got a, f- a handful of them that are team captains for a second straight year just kind of speaks volumes about the kind of leadership that they exhibited last season when there was a lot of success. And a couple setbacks and now carrying over after a, a very weird offseason. So always good to see the, the team captains come out. The Penn State's not necessarily one of those programs that's going to change the team captains on a week by week basis. Some programs do that, but this way you've got some consistent leadership that you can go to. James Franklin can rely on hearing those voices kind of speaking up on behalf of the players when needed. And I, again, I think the, the names that we see uh, announced as team captains, None too surprising. You've got some upperclassmen. You've got some key position players. You've got a quarterback. Uh, you're in pretty good hands, I think, as far as the captains are concerned. But let me go back to Jonathan Sutherland because that is one of the other big stories coming out from the weekend as Penn State gets set for the upcoming season. We mentioned a while back that Penn State has instituted a brand new tradition using the new ability to use a jersey number of number zero for the upcoming season. And James Franklin and Penn State previously announced that the number zero was going to be awarded to a player that best represents a, a number of values within the program on the special teams unit. And I always thought that that was a pretty cool way to go about it. Putting someone on special teams who obviously works very hard to do something that always gets a little overlooked unless something goes wrong, it seems. And I felt like that, uh, that was a great way to utilize that number zero. We've seen a number of teams out there uh, putting the number zero on a wide receiver, running back, um, you know, some other position uh, that's playing offense or defense. I think it's pretty cool to save that and make that tradition specifically tailored for the special teams. And it was announced that Jonathan Sutherland is going to be the first player in Penn State history to wear that number zero. And we talked about why I thought Sutherland was the easy answer. And I don't say that in a critical way. I just felt like it was a pretty obvious pick to make Sutherland the guy that was going to wear that that number zero because he really represents a lot of the good qualities that Penn State has instilled within their program. And you go back to last year when you had that really ridiculous, idiotic fan uh, of Penn State write a letter to him about his hairstyle. Uh, and we've, we went at length about just how stupid that was and how Penn State really rose above that in, in a, a wide-ranging way within the program. And I was very happy to see that. And I do think that now that you have an opportunity to not only name Sutherland a team captain, but make him a part of program history that's going to establish the brand new tradition of wearing that number zero because of the qualities that they represent within the program, 
I think it is it is great to see. And I'm happy for Sutherland. And I'm very curious to see what lays in store for the number zero in the years to come. But I feel like Penn State uh, found a good way to use that number zero. And it sure looks like things are going to be pretty solid as far as leadership is concerned. And really, this is a season where you need that leadership to really lead the way. Uh, it feels kind of silly to say that. But with all the stuff that has happened in the offseason and the fact that this is such a sprint to the Big Ten championship game, potentially, uh, and of course, the, the postseason, you cannot afford to have any skipped beats here. You have to make sure you are all locked in from the very beginning. And we've seen already around the country, you know, teams are a little shaky to start the year. And that's one of my concerns about this upcoming game. But we'll talk again. We'll talk about that as the week progresses. But this is going to be a very good year to have your your leaders solidly in place and in command of their teammates. And if Penn State can't rely on that, then things could be lost and gone off tracks very early. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think Penn State's going to start the season on a really good note. Uh, they certainly have the leadership ready to go and get this team fired up for what could potentially be a very good season. The way things have gone in 2020, I think we all deserve a chance to just sit back, relax, and watch your favorite college football team take the field this Saturday for the first time this year. And maybe you want to just sit back in your recliner and have a nice cold, refreshing beverage. For me, that'll be a nice cold, frosty Coors Light. Fine folks from uh, Coors Brewing Company in Golden, Colorado, they want you to celebrate responsibly as the Big Ten gets back on the field this week and of course the best way to do that is to make sure that you have your course light ready to go stocked up in the fridge ready at any moment to just sit back relax on that recliner and veg out watching all the college football you want it doesn't matter where you are what you're doing a nice course light is a good way to just sit back and chill it's a nice refreshing feeling to be able to just sit back and know that there's a, some comfort in having a beverage you can rely on. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind, so when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Once again, remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Or maybe you're done chilling. Maybe you want to pick up and get ready to go. Maybe you want to go get that workout in. Maybe you want to go for a nice 10-mile run, bike ride, or whatever the case may be. Whatever you're doing this weekend, you want to stay energized. You just want to stay full. Best way to do that for me is with the Built Bar. Yes, Built Bars, you know what they are. They are the best protein bars on the market. They taste just like chocolate bars, and they come in a variety of flavors. You've heard me talk about these before. And you know how much of a fan I am of the orange flavor. It's one of their classic flavors. But don't forget, they've got six brand new flavors that they've recently introduced, including lemon almond cheesecake carrot cake and apple almond crisp nice a little flavor for dessert maybe but it's a dessert that tastes like just like a chocolate bar and it's packed in a protein bar that you can fit into any kind of diet it doesn't matter if you're looking to lose weight maintain weight just throw it in your lunch bag and you're good to go it doesn't matter what you're doing during the day if you need something that's going to tide you over till the next meal or your next break time Built Bar is a perfect way to go. Right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. And while supplies last, they'll even throw in a free cooler with your purchase. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Once again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. This past weekend was the last one without Big Ten football for the next two months. Now, I don't know about you. But I'm really excited that the Big Ten is finally getting a chance to get back on the field. And of course, the Mountain West Conference is also going to be joining the schedule this upcoming weekend, which means you're going to have some late games to stay up for. And I know I'm already stocked up on coffee. I'm ready to go. I know the Pac-12 is going to be just around the corner after that. So I'm looking forward to those late Saturday nights watching some additional college football from the Mountain West and eventually the Pac-12. But of course, I am super excited that the Big Ten is finally 
finally getting back onto the field this upcoming week. And there was a lot of stuff that has happened over the course of the last couple of months. We have seen some teams go through some struggles. We have seen some of the teams that are typically national title contenders once again prove to be national title contenders. And the SEC is certainly a showcase conference that has really taken uh, on a little bit of a bumpy road over the last week as with regard to COVID-19 uh, headlines. And that should be a little bit of a concern as we move into the start of Big Ten play, uh, wondering just when something like this could potentially happen within the Big Ten without a lot of wiggle room on the schedule to work with. So again, we will cross that bridge if and when we get there. But the bottom line is, if you look at the SEC, it's still Alabama and everybody else. Yes, I know Alabama missed out on the playoff last year. They didn't win the SEC last year. But you know what? They're going to win the SEC this year. And if you are looking for the biggest challenge that Alabama could have potentially faced in the SEC, it might be the team that they just dispatched of in on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa with a dominant, dominant second-half performance against the Georgia Bulldogs. I went into last weekend thinking Georgia certainly has the best defense that the SEC has going right now. There's no question about that. Georgia's defense is clearly the absolute best in the SEC. And they still got smoked in the second half by Alabama, who goes on a 24-0 run to close out the game, turning a 24-17 deficit into a 41-24 victory against the number three team in the country. And I do think that Georgia deserved being ranked that high. Now, again, I know that you know some pollsters weren't considering teams from the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and so on because they haven't played yet. But Georgia was still probably in a really good position to be considered the number three team. Now, if Ohio State had been playing for the last month or so, maybe Ohio State is in there. Or, or hey, maybe even Penn State's in there. But <laughs> the bottom line is, uh, from the teams that were on the field so far up to this point in the season, Georgia looks like one of the best teams out there. Certainly better than Notre Dame, who had to squeak by Louisville of all teams over the past weekend. Uh, but certainly um, not quite on Clemson's level because Clemson just destroyed, absolutely destroyed Georgia Tech, 73 to 17. I forget what it was, but just Clemson puts up a 73, 73 to 7 was Clemson's victory over Georgia Tech. And they pull Trevor Lawrence with 404 yards. Of course, this is the uh, the area code that Georgia Tech likes to brag about, uh, I believe, being the Atlanta area code, I want to say. Uh, so very interesting symbolism, I think, as far as Clemson is concerned. And, you know, they trolled Georgia Tech pretty good on Saturday. But Getting back to the SEC, I've said this before, uh, Alabama is still going to be one of the teams to beat in the nation until proven otherwise. Now, Clemson has been able to handle them. LSU did last year, but Alabama may not have a perfect defense right now, but they certainly have an electric offense, and that is just so amazing to watch. Who do you cover on that Alabama team? They have so many mismatches, even against teams that play as good defense as Georgia does, and that's what made it so amazing. Like If Georgia can't control or contain or slow down Alabama for 60 minutes of play, what hope does anybody else in the SEC have? We'll worry about the national picture later on, but I don't see anybody in this SEC that is now on the same level or even close to the same level as Alabama. And I look at Alabama's schedule, and I don't think that they're going to lose a game. <laughs> I really don't. This is an Alabama team that is now set up perfectly for another run back to the SEC championship game. Again, they missed out on it last year. They're not going to miss out on it this year. They've got Tennessee on the road this weekend. They're going to get Mississippi State, a team that really struggles in a variety of ways under Michael Leach now. They're going to go to LSU, but LSU doesn't look like anything special this year. Uh, they'll get Kentucky at home. Kentucky had a nice win against Tennessee over the weekend, but 
know, Kentucky's not going to keep up with Alabama. And then they got to play Auburn in the Iron Bowl near the end of the season. And if you've been watching our adopted friends from Auburn, things have not been going so well for the Auburn Tigers. They lose this weekend against South Carolina. Should have lost last week against Arkansas. And they've already taken another hit along the way too. So uh, Auburn's not looking like the team that's going to keep the pace with Alabama, even in a heated rivalry game. So that could be uh, that could be a massive blowout in Alabama's favor too. And then Alabama will close out the regular season at Arkansas, which might be a little bit more interesting than I was anticipating, but still, there's no way that Arkansas is going to challenge uh, Alabama at any point. So the best chance for Alabama to lose a game the rest of the year, as far as the regular season goes, uh, before we get into the college football playoff, is probably going to be against Georgia. So I don't know how much Georgia can make up the gap. Certainly Georgia got off to a good start uh, against the Crimson Tide. They had the lead at halftime. They had a 24-17 lead on Alabama in Tuscaloosa. But uh, eventually, those Alabama wide receivers are going to make some plays. And that is a huge difference maker that not a lot of teams can counter for. So Alabama gets the big win over the weekend. Clemson obviously rolled in their matchup against Georgia Tech. Uh, number four, I mentioned Notre Dame squeaked by Louisville 12-7. to uh, I'm not really sure what to make of that. Now, North Carolina did lose. North Carolina was number five in the AP poll. They lose on the road at Florida State. They nearly came back. They will say they dug a huge hole down 31 to seven at halftime and they shut out North. Uh, they shut out Florida state in the second half as they made a run. And it looked like they were going to bail out uh, with Sam Howell uh, making some plays, but uh, North Carolina just dug too big of a hole to get out of even against Florida state. So that was a, a big win for Mike Norvell and Florida state. Um, a little bit of a setback for North Carolina. I still think they're going to be a fun team to watch as the season goes on, uh, but uh, that's a disappointing loss for North Carolina. Now it helps Penn state helps Penn state in the polls because Penn state moves up one spot in both the AP top 25 and the coaches poll this week. As North Carolina stumbles from uh, number what were they? Number six in the coaches poll down to number 13 and North Carolina goes from number five in the AP poll down to number 14 in the AP poll. So, Penn State is now the number eight team in the country, according to the AP Top 25. And over in the coaches poll, they are number seven. They move up one spot in each of the polls. Now, if you remember the AP poll, uh, Penn State was ranked behind Cincinnati last week. Cincinnati had their game scrubbed due to a COVID-19 situation within their program. Penn State actually moves ahead of Cincinnati this week in the polls in the AP Top 25, which is kind of funny to me because they just swapped spaces and neither team played a game. So I don't really know uh, what the uh, the thinking there is. Um, yeah, I, I would love to know the logic behind that, but just I, I just find it humorous. You know, so now uh, Penn State is going to get a chance now to start the se- their season as a top 10 team, which they would have done. If the season got kicked off as originally scheduled, this was a team that was already going to be in the top 10 in both those major polls. So not a whole lot has changed, uh, certainly since the start of the college football season and now when Penn State will get a chance to start their year. Clemson is still your number one team. There's no real debate about that at this point in time. Uh, Pretty much of a... Well, it's closer in the coaches poll than it is in the AP top 25, but Clemson is number one, Alabama number two. Notre Dame moves up to number three in the AP top 25. Notre Dame is not the number three team in the country, folks. I'm just telling you like it is. Uh, Georgia drops down to number four uh, in the AP poll. And again, they'll be curious to see how that changes now that Ohio State is going to be on the field because Ohio State is your number five team in the AP Top 25, followed by Oklahoma State at number six and Texas A&M at number seven before you get down to Penn State in the top 25 other big 10 teams in the top 25 of the ap include wisconsin at number 14 michigan at number 18 and minnesota 
at number 21. How about Coastal Carolina sneaking in at the bottom of the AP Top 25? I believe their first time in the AP Top 25. Good for them. And they're 4-0 after their big win against Louisiana last week uh, on the road, a Thursday night game. Uh, That's a Coastal Carolina team that's pretty fun to watch. If you get a chance to watch some Sunbelt action, check out Coastal Carolina. So there you have it. I mean, that is the weekend in a nutshell. Obviously, there was a lot more stuff that happened over the course of the week and, of course, over the weekend. But now we start to turn the page. Now we start to look forward to Penn State taking the field for the first time in the 2020 season. They will do so Saturday afternoon, 3.30 p.m. on FS1. But first, before we wrap up the show, I'm going to dig into just a couple more notes real quick before we start to officially look forward to Penn State versus Indiana this upcoming weekend. If you're not following us on our social media platforms already, now would be a great time to do so. You can check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNittany. We've got some live streams that are going to be popping up across various social media platforms as the week goes on, including our Friday afternoon Happy Valley Happy Hour over exclusively on our Facebook page. So make sure you go to facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany and give us a like there. And you can be a part of our little happy hour discussion beginning at 4 p.m. Eastern on Friday afternoon. Look forward to talking to you then as well. Mondays on the Locked on Nittany Lions podcast last year were typically the day when we put together our final thoughts on the weekend that was Penn State's most recent game. And then in the third segment, we typically will start to turn the page, getting you set for the upcoming week leading up to whatever game is next on the schedule. And of course, that's going to be a lot of fun this week as we go forward and talk about the first game of the season. So obviously not a lot of stuff to recap over the past weekend with regards to Penn State, at least on the field, but that's typically going to be how the Monday episode rolls about. So if you're new to the podcast and you're just now getting subscribed or you subscribed recently and you're not familiar with the layout of what we typically do here on the podcast from last season, once I got started, that's typically what you can expect. So I want to make sure you guys know exactly what you're getting on a day-to-day basis. There are going to be a couple tweaks to what we did last year. I am making an effort to bring in more guests to get some more outside opinions on whoever Penn State may be happening to play. And I do have a podcast lined up this week later that's going to be talking about some Indiana Hoosiers. Had some fun with that one. And of course, we will try to continue to kind of mix things up a little bit, stick to some of the stuff that worked last year, maybe improve on it a little bit, hopefully uh, moving forward. But before I do wrap up today's episode, I want to go over some of the latest odds and numbers that I'm seeing, courtesy of Bet Online. These are numbers that were either emailed to me from someone from Bet Online or something I just stumbled upon uh, in my Twitter feed. And now this is not a sponsored segment. I always feel like I need to put out that disclaimer. If there's ever a sponsored segment, that'd be great. But this is not particularly uh, one of those anytime soon. I will say real quick that Penn State is a favorite this weekend uh, against Indiana. The opening line, a courtesy of Bet Online, was Penn State minus seven. Uh, I would feel pretty good about that. I know I've been reserved with some of my expectations for this upcoming game, and I have some hesitation about some of these road games, including this one against the Hoosiers, because I think Michael Penix Jr. could be a, a problem for Penn State. And I'm not just saying this because I ran a virtual simulation using NCAA 14 over the weekend. Maybe you saw that as well. We put that out there on Twitch, streaming it on the PlayStation 3, and things did not go so well for Penn State in that game. The virtual simulation that we ran, well, it had Penn State coming up on the losing end. I'm not going to spoil it too much if you didn't get a chance to watch the live stream as well, because I am putting it together. I'm going to put that out there for you at some point this week so you can uh, touch base with it. But uh 
the virtual simulation did not go so well for Penn State. Let's leave it at that. Let's hope that on the field in real life, things go much differently for the Nittany Lions. But yeah, Penn State is a seven-point favorite as of the opening line. Now, you may be able to find a different line out there, and I know that there have been some that have already been thrown across there. I'm just throwing you this one because that's the one that was sent to my inbox directly. Uh, also, from Bet Online, we now have updated conference futures. And now that the Big Ten is officially playing, we should mention that Penn State has the second-best odds to win the Big Ten. And I feel like that may actually be better than some of the previous Big Ten odds that we have seen. I feel like Wisconsin typically had the second best odds. And I explained that that's because Penn State plays in the same division as Ohio State. And if Ohio State is the clear favorite to win the conference, uh, the odds are Penn State's not going to have that chance to win the Big Ten championship because you have to get by Ohio State. So I always understood why Penn State would be getting the third best odds on the board. But according to the updated odds from BetOnline, Penn State is now 4-1 to to win the Big Ten. Ohio State's a favorite at 1-5, to but Penn State sits just ahead of Wisconsin at 5-1. to uh, They are followed by Michigan at 14-1, to Minnesota at 20-1, to Iowa's a 33-1 to shot, Nebraska 66-1. to then we got the the more long shots as you move down the list. Indiana and Purdue both 150 to one. Michigan State is at 200 to one. Illinois, Maryland, and Northwestern all 300 to one shots to win the Big Ten, and then Rutgers rounds it out at 500 to one. So yeah, good odds for Penn State to win the Big Ten championship. We all know that that week two matchup, week two matchup on the Big Ten schedule, I should say against uh, Ohio State. It's going to be the big determining factor here about where Penn State's odds go from there. Obviously, if they beat Ohio State, that's a game changer because then it should be Big Ten championship or bust for Penn State if that is the situation. But we have to worry about Indiana first. So yeah, Penn State still has good odds to win the Big Ten championship. They are still in a good spot as far as the spread is concerned, taking on Indiana. We'll discuss that as the week goes on. We'll also take a look at that line, see if there's any change there. I will say, that the odds I got from Bet Online emailed to me also had odds to become the next head coach of the NFL's Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans, of course, who fired a former Penn State head coach, uh, James, uh, I almost said James Franklin, Bill O'Brien. Now, typically, the first thing I do when I see these lists pop up is to make sure that James Franklin is or is not on that list. And the good news here is BetOnline does not have James Franklin on the board for being the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons or the Houston Texans. Now, it does have Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh is a 16-1 to shot to be the next head coach of the Houston Texans. And he also has 15-2 to odds to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Interestingly enough, not a whole lot of Big Ten coaches are on these lists, but Jim Harbaugh is on both of them. And how about Dabo Swinney of Clemson? He is being given 8-1 to one odds to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, and he's a little higher on the board for the Houston Texans as far as this source is concerned with 5-1 to one odds. Now, the, the favorite to be the next Texans head coach is Eric Bieniemy, 1-1 uh, one one odds. <laughs> it was a pretty tough to beat, uh, and I feel like that's a pretty safe bet at this point in time. It would be very curious to see how that all plays out. Uh, Lincoln Riley of Oklahoma is the favorite to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know uh, how seriously you want to take those odds. I mean, uh, the, Nick Saban is on the board at 25 to 1 to be the next head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. That's not going to happen. So, you know, sometimes the names that appear on these lists are really just the popular names. The, team, the coaches that have had a lot of success, certainly at the college level, uh, because you know that people are going to be curious about the potential for a coach like Nick Saban maybe to go back to the NFL. I don't think that's going to happen. By the way, Nick Saban, I didn't mention this earlier, but he did come back to coach that game against Georgia and keep his unbeaten streak against his former assistants alive. Got a chance to do that once again this weekend. 
against Jeremy Pruitt of Tennessee. But uh, Nick Saban, of course, tested positive for COVID-19 last week and then successfully passed with negative results on three uh, COVID-19 tests within, I guess, 24 hours apart. So he was able to coach Saturday night against uh, Georgia. That was a fascinating story to watch unfold. I'm not at all really shocked that Nick Saban was able to coach there. And obviously the fact that he had three successive negative tests, that's always good news. Uh, Maybe he had a false positive. I don't know what the case was, but regardless, Nick Saban back on the sideline doing what he wants to do best. And he's not going to be leaving the coach in the NFL anytime soon. One more uh, piece of updated information regarding odds and uh, from bet online. And this one I saw from Twitter. Uh, They went through the AP top 10 and gave you the odds to win the national championship for each of those teams. Now, Clemson is still the favorite at plus 160, followed by Alabama at plus 275. But the number three team, Notre Dame, as I mentioned earlier, is definitely not the number three team in the country. They actually have plus 4,000 odds to win the national championship. Number four, Georgia has plus 1,600. And number five, Ohio State has plus 300. So you can kind of tell the, the odds makers are not exactly in sync with the AP voters. But Penn State at number eight has plus 2,800 odds to win the national championship. Those are better odds than te- number seven, Texas A&M, plus 4,000. Number six, Oklahoma State, plus 15,000. And uh, just ahead of number nine, Cincinnati at plus 20,000 and number 10, Florida at plus 2,500. Actually, Florida has better odds than Penn State, I should say. So, yeah, you can tell the odds makers, AP voters, everybody sees things a little bit differently. And, of course, everybody has a different way of putting together whatever mechanic they use to rate teams, rank teams, whatever the case may be. But there you have it. Penn State is going to start the season in the same kind of territory they were expected to start a regular season in 2020 or an alternate 2020 as a legitimate Big Ten contender, certainly on the college football playoff radar. And now it is time to take care of business on the field and let the results play out as wherever the case may be. So Penn State, Indiana, we've got you covered every day of the week, Monday through Friday, from here until the end of the season for sure. And there is no better time to be a part of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast. You can do so by subscribing in your favorite podcasting app and leave a rating and a review. Don't forget, tomorrow is Twitter Tuesday. So as you're listening to this or when you're done listening to this, if you have any questions about Penn State, about Penn State versus Indiana, about the Big Ten, about college football, about anything else in general, even if it's non-topic, make sure you send them in to us right now on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. Any question you submit to us today by 3 p.m. Eastern on Monday will be guaranteed to be included in tomorrow's episode. So make sure you send in your questions. If you want to send in multiple questions, that is fine too. If you're more comfortable sending it in anonymously and you want to email us, you may do that. Our email address is pretty simple to remember. It is LockedOnNittanyLions at gmail.com. And if you send in a question through email, it will be anonymous unless you state otherwise that you're comfortable or want your name to be included. We will submit those questions anonymously. So no hesitation there. But the best way to do it and to interact with us is to connect with us on Twitter and send us your questions that way at LockedOnNittany. Of course, we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch using the username LockedOnNittany. So make sure you can stay connected on all those platforms because we will have some fun stuff for you throughout the week on each and some of them are going to get some exclusive content so that's just my way of trying to get to to connect with us in as many ways as possible but the bottom line is this is going to be a fun week penn state is returning to the field i'm excited i know you guys are as well and until tomorrow guys our twitter tuesday episode make sure you have a great day get your week started on the right foot
I'm Kevin McGuire. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFE. Check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash McGuire, And make sure you send in your questions for Twitter Tuesday. Here we go, guys. Penn State getting started this week. Let's go get this week started on the right foot. I'll talk to you tomorrow, guys. Have a good day. Talk to you later. Bye.